Welcome to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We're on the book. We're in the book of Exodus, second book in the Bible, and we're up to chapter nine. Let's pick up where we left off with verse one. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh and tell him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. So, uh, the, once again, re, Pharaoh has reneged on his agreement to free the slaves. So, once again, the Lord is sending Moses with the same message to let my people go, to free the captive slave, enslaved people. Verse 2, for if I refuse to let them go and will hold them still, so um, as a consequence to being disobedient to the command to free the slaves, uh, if he still refuses, uh, Moses is giving Pharaoh the message that there's going to be a price for it. Verse 3, Behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thy cattle, which is in the field, upon the horses, upon the asses, upon the camels, upon the oxen, and upon the sheep. There shall be a very grievous, a very grievous, grievous moraine. So I'm guessing that's like mourning. It's gonna be they're gonna there's gonna be sadness. People are gonna be heartbroken when they see their livestock stricken with the next plague if he refuses to free the slaves, is what Moses is letting him know that that's what he has to look forward to next, since he keeps refusing to free the slaves, just like America keeps keeps refusing to do justly by black people who were brought here as slaves. Verse 4, And the Lord shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt, and there shall nothing die of all that is in the children of Israel, children, that is, is the children of Let me read this one again. And the Lord shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt, and there shall nothing die of all that is the children of Israel. So he's letting them know that once again there's going to be a distinguished, there's going to be a, a distinction between who's on the Lord's side and who's not. Like Jesus says, he who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. So I'll let you know either you're with or against. And he's saying if you're with, then your cattle are going to be okay. Nothing's going to die of yours. But if you're against the Lord, then uh, count on the plague. Verse 5, and the Lord appointed a set, a set time saying, tomorrow the Lord should do this thing in the land. So once again, he's given time to relent, change his mind, have a change of heart, and let the people go. Free the slaves. Do righteously. Um, but let's see how that turns out. Verse 6. And the Lord did that thing on the morrow, and all the cattle of Egypt died. But of the cattle of the children of Israel died not one. So it lets you know it is a plague. It is contagious. or It is a plague and it is killing people. And it may be contagious, but even if it is, it's being kept away from the ones who are sanctified, the ones who are set apart. That's basically what sanctified means. Um, and it's sad, but you see some churches even now, and I say churches because it's gen they generally identify, uh, self-identify as Christian churches, even though they don't actually follow anything Christ actually says. Um, but they'll do that. They'll claim uh, protection like that and say, oh, they're free to go around 
and act crazy with the mask or act crazy with the vaccine. And that's whether you uh, whether you get vaccinated or not, wearing a mask is so basic and it's been shown a proven way, even before the pandemic, of preventing things from spreading, say like in surgery, where the physicians wear the mask, not for their safety, for the patients, but um, the same issues will be uh, embraced by people who call themselves Christians and churches while their members die, get infected and spread it and die. Even some of their uh, preachers got infected and spread it and died and still will embrace that and think that, oh, it's the same thing as the Lord sanctifying them to act crazy and do those sort of things just like he did in the Bible. It's not the same thing. It's not even the same situation. Um, but you see here, the the people didn't listen. They won't wear their masks. In other words, they're refusing to heed the message uh, way back then. And uh, so the cattle are paying the price. Uh, and Pharaoh sent, and behold, there was not one of the cattle of the Israelites dead. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. So instead of noticing that, Oh, wow, it's real. The plague did hit them and it did kill off all those cattle and livestock. Uh, and it didn't affect the other people, which if it was just a regular disease plague, it would get caught in the air like Corona does and infect theirs too. But it didn't. So he knows he knows in his heart of hearts that it is something supernatural happening, happening there. And that's the only explanation for it. And yet that isn't enough to change his mind either. Verse 8, And the Lord said unto Moses and unto Aaron, Take to you handfuls of ashes of the furnace, and let Moses sprinkle its war the heaven in the sight of Pharaoh. So it's almost like more incantations, more spell casting um, that's being called for here. It's the Lord telling Moses and Aaron to create more theater, because I'm sure just like with Jesus, when he could do healings with just the word, but then sometimes he'd lay on hands, or sometimes he'd prescribe that they go do certain things to get the healing but truly he could do it with just the word or even sometimes not even a word with just the faith of the one touching his clothing we see miracles happen there so it's not necessary that those things are done um but it seems to me it's more about the theater the more about the big picture moment of it playing out that way is why it's called for so in this instance he's calling for the lord is telling moses to more uh, more theatrics it seems go out and um do this thing also in the sight of pharaoh the one who you who you're at war with verse 9 and it shall become dust in all the land of egypt and shall be a boil breaking it forth with blains upon man and upon beasts throughout all the land of Egypt. So I don't know what blains are, but I think it's talking about the boils and the sores that are going to pop up. It'd be, it'd be, he's basically saying, take dust from the earth and symbolically cast it out over the land of Egypt. And just like you do that in, uh, in a divine sense, in a supernatural sense, I also will use my hand to cast out over Egypt that plague of sores and um, and sickness breaking out, boils breaking out on people in the same way. Uh, um, so almost again, like casting. So what your hand is doing um, physically, my hand will do supernaturally and bring about that plague on them also because they're not being obedient to my command. 
Verse 10, and they took ashes of the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses sprinkled it up toward heaven, and it became a boil breaking forth with blains upon man and upon beast. So just like uh, the Lord commanded him to do, Moses did it, and in obedience, it seems the spell was cast and fulfilled in that sense that the boils and the outbreak of what the Lord prescribed from for do, following that spell, that incantation, those actions of casting the dust, he says in following that, or it seems in following that, he got the fruit of it in it coming to life and taking root and being manifest by the boils breaking out on his enemy, on their enemies, on the Lord's enemy, on the enslavers. Verse 11, and the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boil was upon the magicians and upon all the Egyptians. So is letting us know there that even though the magicians may have wanted to stand up and try and cast a spell to do the same thing to make the same plague happen, they couldn't physically, it seems, because they were uh, caught up with the plague of touching them and affecting them. Verse 12, and the Lord hardened the heart, excuse me, And the Lord hardened the heart of un. Wait, maybe I missed one. Let me see. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he hearkened not unto them, as the Lord had spoken unto Moses. So, uh, the passage, the narrative is giving it's giving us is that it's the Lord causing his heart to be so hard, and his head to be so hard that he won't uh, look around and see that hey. You're fighting a losing battle, and maybe you're on the wrong side of things. So even though he's able to see that, it, the narrative is letting us know that it's the Lord who's behind it. It's the big picture, the plot scheme that the Lord has apparently prescribed that he's just playing his part in fulfilling, as is Moses, as are the enslaved people themselves who are looking for that freedom and that um, emancipation. Verse 13, And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. So uh, the command hasn't changed, even though uh, Pharaoh has gone back and forth on his agreement to keep it. The command is still the same, to set the people free, to let my people go. Verse uh, 14, For I will at this time send all my plagues upon thine heart, and upon thy servants, and upon thy people, that thou mayest know that there is none like me in all the earth. So it's basically um, time's up. He's letting them know, you've reached the end of the rope. Either you're going to do what I tell you to do, or I'm just going to go ahead and let all hell break loose on you. And then you'll finally get the message and do what I tell you to do and what I've been telling you to do from the jump. Um, Verse 15, for now I will stretch out my hand that I may smite thee and thy people with pestilence, and thou shalt be cut off from the earth. So he's letting them know. Keep it up. Keep on the path you're going on. Don't change your mind. Continue on down that way. And when you do, I'm just going to make it a tough road to hoe. It's going to be so hard for you, you won't know what's hitting you. Verse 16, and in, in very deed, 
For this cause I've raised thee up, for to shew in thee my power, and that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. So he's saying, go ahead and keep being hard-hearted because that's why I put you there because I know that's how you are. I knew that's how you'd be. And it's you who I needed to be in that position at that time in this moment to use you as a character in the video game, to put you as the play the part in the movie, to set you on stage to fulfill my purpose and my plot. It's you I have for this moment because I knew you would be hard-hearted like that and be obstinate and not listen to me so that I could be glorified through the whole events of it all and your own personal stubbornness not being out, not outdoing my glory and my might. As yet exaltest thou thyself against my people, that thou wilt not let them go. So he's saying, it's all so that you can be where you are for this big picture moment, so that it, the world can see as powerful as you are, as much control as you have over all these different things around you, uh, is still not above me, not above the Lord, and not his hand can still reach and touch you too even though you think you're so great and mighty. And you are, but not as great and mighty as God Almighty. Verse 18, Behold, tomorrow about this time I will cause it to rain of very grievous hail, such as hath not been in Egypt since the foundation thereof, even until now. So he's letting them know he's going back to like when the plates shifted, when the tectonic plates shifted and earth's, the earthquake and was tearing the land up like mountains being formed. He's saying, no, he's, it's going to be rough and he's going to bring it down on you. But in, it, it's going to be like when the hail was falling, when the earth was first forming. He said, no, it's going to be like that. It's going to be hard times falling from heaven on you. Verse 19, since send therefore now and gather thy cattle and all that thou hast in the field for upon every man and beast which shall be found in the field and shall not be brought home the hills shall come down upon them and they shall die so he's letting them know moses is getting the message if you want to make it through this plague you or any and all the livestock any of the cattle your dogs your sheep your lambs your goats your cows whatever you have your people anyone out in the field if you want them to survive it you better bring a man from the field uh, and tell them to take shelter otherwise it's death Verse 20, he that, feared, he that feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his cattle flee into the, the houses. So it's letting us know that it wasn't just the Israelites, just, it wasn't just the Hebrews who got the message to protect your property, your animals and your cattle, your own lives also. But even the Egyptians who were on the side of Pharaoh uh, in person, because they're of the same country, uh, they still got the message and they knew they could look around and see these things are supernatural that are happening. And just like um, their magicians have the ability to tap into it, other people do too. And the people that they're who are able to find, the people leading them able to tap into it are giving us a prophetic message, letting us know, take heed, there's a storm coming. And if the storm's coming and someone lets you know it's on the way and the person's been a proven forecaster of the storms, you'd be crazy not to listen to it. So even among Pharaoh's people, they're heeding the message and boarding up their uh, livestock and their people who they valued. Um, verse 21, and 
He that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field. So unless you know, um, some people don't care about their animals. Some people, at the end of the day, they really just care about themselves or the money or what the animals or the servants can do for them. Because you see, it's the servants also who were left out in the field, not just some of the animals. So let's see what happens. Verse 22. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch forth thine hand toward heaven, that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, upon man and upon beast, and upon every herb of the field, throughout all the land of Egypt. So just like people won't heed the warning about a virus floating in the air, or living on a surface, or being contagious, or a vaccine, or inoculation being able to help prevent the virus if you catch it from being deadly or at least life-threatening. Some people just won't heed it. You can lead some people to water, some horses to water, but you can lead a horse to water but can't make it drink. You can show people all the information. You can show them all the deaths and sickness around them, and some people still just won't hear it, just won't believe, won't listen, are still just going to be stubborn. So some people just like that can see all those plagues, the frog and the, the frogs and the lice and the flies and all of that stuff. They can see all of that stuff and still have doubts and still have not be unfaithful and not believe. So it's nothing new. And you see the same thing happening there. Some people just still didn't believe and they pay the price in that the uh, uh, Moses is stretching out his hand so that the plague can go ahead and proceed. And let's see what happens. Verse 23, And Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and the fire ran along upon the ground, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So almost like if a volcano were to erupt and rain down fire and brimstone, if you're close enough to it, or even far away enough from it and it's large enough, the atmosphere can pick it up and carry it to other places. But it's sort of just like that. Now they've got a hailstorm, but hail and fire raining down from heaven. So that's not something that happens every day. And even if it happens every day, it doesn't happen in that sort of spectacular fashion. Because yes, there are uh, things that enter our atmosphere all the time uh, just because of the path the earth takes through the different um, uh, belts and uh, uh, in space. So it does happen, but in the form of it being spectacular enough that it survives the atmosphere and hits the earth and then a, a hailstorm with fire actually killing people, that's pretty rare. That's pretty rare. But it's happening to them. It's um, falling from heaven, like Sodom and Gomorrah, verse 24. So there was hail and fire mingled, mingled with the hail, very grievous, such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. So uh, even f since its beginning, since its founding, there hasn't been a storm like that that the people have endured. And yet, because of the stubbornness, they're enduring it right then and now. Will that be enough to make some people believe? Let's see. Verse 25, And the hail smoked throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast, and all the hail and the hail smote every herb of the field and break every tree of the field. So let us know it's huge. It's a big storm. It's crashing down on the animals, on the greenery, on the people if they're out there. Verse 26, only in the land of Goshen where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. So uh, there, 
close. So the calamity is happening right next door to them. Uh, like the psalm says, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. It lets you know, just like the pandemic, it can happen like in my own family. Half a dozen people more than that have lost their lives since the start of this, uh, the pandemic. It can get that close to you. The the plague can get that close to you. And by God's grace, not touch you when God sees fit, if you're faithful. Uh, and that's not a statement of their faithfulness or unfaithfulness. Just saying in the in the case of the plague, we're reading what we're reading about now. If they were faithful and obedient, then they knew the plague was coming because they got warning and listened to the person telling them. Whereas if they heard the message and didn't do it, that also is something they paid for. Being the unfaithful, even if you have, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can give the people the knowledge, but you can't make them accept it or uh, do anything to help themselves with it. All you can do is give it to them. Um, verse 27, and Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said unto them, I've sinned this time. The Lord is righteous and I am my people. He's saying he and his people are wicked. So now he's he's repenting now again because there's another plague that swooped down on them. And he's like, oh, well, fine, fine, fine. He was wrong. Y'all were right. His people uh, and and their religion is just wrong. He's taking all that to make his apology to seem more sincere. So let's see, because he's reneged again and again. So now he's not just confessing his own wickedness, but he's also wrapping the people up in it too. Verse 28, entreat the Lord, for it is enough that there be no more mighty thunderings and hail, and I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. So he's like, fine, fine, fine. If you go ahead and end this play, go ahead and pray for me. Go do what you got to do. Tell the Lord I, I give up. I give in. You win. Let him know, uh, and go ahead and end the plague. He's like, Cause the hail and stuff, that's enough. That, that, that convinced him. Verse 29, and Moses said unto him, as soon as I'm gone out of the city, I will spread abroad my hands unto the Lord and the thunder shall cease. Neither shall there be any more hail that thou mayest know how that the earth is the Lord's. He's saying, okay, fine. Well, so that you know that um, the plagues are supernatural and God sent. Um, not just supernatural, like uh, conjured up by evil, but supernatural and actually God doing it for a cause because the people are being enslaved. He's saying, so that you know that all of this isn't just happenstance, um, I'm going to go ahead and, and do what you asked for and end this plague also. Now, the thing that I notice about that is that seems like something that God later would condemn. Like uh, one of the things that, according to the narrative, causes Moses to sort of fall out of favor with God is when he is given a command and he does something that seems real slight. And I guess it's taken as a slight by the Lord that he's interacting with at that time. But it's enough for him to not get entry into the promised land that he's going to lead the people 40 years in the wilderness to get to. And it seems like something so minor was enough to um, turn the Lord off on him enough after all that to tell him, no, you can't make it into the promised land. And yet here you see, instead of him uh, getting the request from Pharaoh and once again going to the Lord and saying, Lord, he's ready to give in again and waiting for the Lord's direction on 
uh, what to do and how to end that plague. Instead, he just does it himself, and yet it doesn't get condemned at all. Now, is that because it's early on in, in the Lord's uh, uh, relationship with Moses as far as that sort of interaction of giving orders and taking them and seeing them come to pass? And so maybe later on, it's more offensive that even after 40 years, Moses would do something like that. Um, I'm not sure, but it is definitely, it seems like the same sort of action by Moses, sort of taking uh, initiative uh, or maybe even a, um, credit, authority, or over the authority of being able to do it. I don't know, it seems kind of the same, but it, a different reaction because God doesn't seem to condemn it at this point. Um, him saying he'll go ahead and um, make sure there's an end to it. But it could also be because in this case, when Moses does it, he's saying he's going to do it and it's going to end so that he can, um, so that it's for God's glory that um, that uh, that um, everyone will know it's God behind all these things that are happening. Let's see. Um, verse 30. But as for thee and thy servants, I know that you will not fe yet fear the Lord God. So he's saying, I know it's not you're not being sincere with this agreement you're making with this mission you're sending me on. So maybe that's why he didn't take it back to the Lord. But since the Lord's the one commanding the and ending, commencing and ending the um, plagues, it still seems like a slight. But maybe not. Let's just keep reading. Um, so he's saying he knows Pharaoh's not being sincere with his uh, request yet again. So 31, and the flax and the barley was smitten, for the barley was in the ear, and the flax was boil, was bold. So um, it's letting us know in this verse that uh, even though the hail came down and the fire mingled with it and burned up a lot of the different things that were in the field, the different crops, um, some crops weren't damaged by it because they weren't far enough along in the season to have blossomed and budded and borne fruit. Um, and it's saying that that's what point the flax and the barley were. Uh, things you can use, they're just, they're grains. Um, but the, so it's letting us know what stage those were in, that they weren't destroyed in the previous plagues. Verse 20, 32, but the wheat and the rye were not smitten for they were not grown up. So it's letting us know um, the other crops, apparently the flax and the barley, they were further along. So they were damaged when the um, when the other plagues hit. But the wheat and the rye, those bar those grains weren't as far along. Things you use for bread, basically, those weren't as far along. So they weren't um, destroyed when the plagues hit before. Um, verse thirty-three. And Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh. And spread abroad his hands unto the Lord, and the thunders, and hail ceased, and the rain was not poured upon the earth. So uh, he did go ahead and do what he told Pharaoh he would do. And by God's grace, in his request this time, without consulting the Lord beforehand, the plagues were ended. Uh, at least that one. Verse 34, when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunders were ceased, he sinned yet more. And hardened his heart, he and his servants. So uh, not just Moses, his servants also would backslide right immediately when they see the plagues, and almost as if, like you know, just like I said before, wonderful good things happen for us when we're seeking them. Sometimes our prayers are answered, and then things happen. Time passes, and then we find ourselves being 
in doubts and unfaithful again, wondering if God is with us or not, knowing if we sit and think about it, God's been with us again and again through all sorts of dire situations. And yet, I guess because of the world, faithfulness is always right there, ready to swoop in and make us doubt. Um, so anyway, they see that they got relief from another plague and just like that, backslid into unfaithfulness again. Verse 35, and the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, neither would he let the children of Israel go as the Lord had spoken by Moses. So uh, he went right back to being hard-headed, hard-hearted, and Pharaoh and the people of his nation, uh, the people enslaving the Hebrews at this point. And went right back into that uh, unfaithfulness and not letting the people go, which is the command, which is the request to emancipate the people, set the slaves free, do right by your neighbor, all of that. Uh, They're refusing. Uh, But that's the end of this reading, the end of this chapter. I appreciate you checking it out with me, as always, and I hope it was a blessing for you. And if you're interested in past readings, you can see them of the Naked Truth here on this platform while it lasts. Um, Or if you're an adult, you can go to my platform, hungtgirl.com, while it lasts. You can find out all about me, body, mind, spirit, and soul, with the links there. And with the spirit and soul pages being where we focus on what we do here on the Naked Truth and the past readings and topics and how Jesus approached them and how they affect my walk as a Christian. Feel free to get a membership, make a donation, help the cause, or just enjoy the free content. All of them, all of the above help the cause. And I appreciate them and thank you for them. God bless you for them. And God bless you. Stay safe. And until next time, until we read again, uh, stay safe. Wear your hand, wear your mask, wash your hands, love your neighbor. God bless you. Peace to you.